Please open to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and we start, it's up there. For to, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his governance and peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And we're going to jump now to the, in the New Testament to Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 10. And we're just going to continuation, so here we go. You can keep, we're going to read with that too. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he has pleased. And finally, I just want to go into this last portion, which we jump now into the New Testament. Paul writing to the Philippian church. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5b. We're going to start in the middle of 5 and then go to 9. So here we go. The Lord is at hand. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord is at hand. Go ahead, do it right now. Just so you you get the emphasis of that. The Lord is at hand. We've been talking about he's, you know, came in a manger, all this, you know, baby went in a manger, all this. Well, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, like you said, Merry Christmas, everyone. How many of you know Christmas gets to be a fun time? This is is what it looks like for us in the Zazalek family of three boys decorating. So here we go. This is what it looks like for Christmas for us. Uh, it's not necessarily de- decorating a tree. It's about how much we can decorate ourselves, really. I, in fact, we're talking to my wife, and I said, it'd be great if we had one of these guns. I saw this in a weird thing where, it, like, you know, this, it propels, whatever, sorry, propels. And I spit all over Aaron. It, it propels. Imagine sticking all the ornaments in there and just kind of holding it to the tree, and, and then we're done. I, how many of you would like that? I think if I patented that, I would be a millionaire by now. But that's about the best we get. See the two kids there? Anyway, going on. Anyway, we've been celebrating uh, this uh, past month, Advent, as a church, which Advent means coming. We spent several weeks celebrating what Christ brought to us over 2,000 years, but not only brought, but he continues to bring, and we look forward to his bringing. As Aaron has already shared as as he lit the candle, Christ brought and he brings and is bringing hope, joy, and today we're going to talk about peace, the peace that he gives. But I want to do this. Can we, can we pray? 
Um, and the reason I know we've already prayed, but I actually had an expectation today. I, I, I really wanted to sit. I, God was challenging me on going, Norm, do you believe that I can actually change people's lives in a message? Can he take a 30-minute message, or 35-plus, depending on how, I've, you know, how long I get and how crazy I go, but actually radically change lives? And God was challenging me, saying, you do not believe I'm big enough, do you? We've heard so many sermons, so many messages, and God said, I want you to pray. What if we were to live the things that we hear, and God pierce our hearts to change us? So can we pray? Father, I just want to thank you for, um, Lord, as we are gathering together in your name, you said your word never grows, goes void. It's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit. And Lord, your spirit gives life. Your power is to transform us so that, Lord, every time your word is spoken, it speaks into darkness, it creates light. Father, we need you. I need you. Father, that so, I believe that your word is so powerful that you would speak, first of all, to every single person today and you would transform us because you're a good daddy and you love us. And I'd like you to do this. Just ask this. Just pray right now and say, Lord, please teach us right now. Go ahead. Ask that. Lord, please teach us right now. And now finally, just, uh, just pray this. Just pray for me. Just pray that God would anoint so there's an anointing that would flow. Go ahead. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you would do these things when we ask in your precious Son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Uh, I find it absolutely incredibly ironic that in these past three days... Uh, well, first of all, in, the, in these passages that we were talking about, uh, uh, when God is declaring his peace, when he was talking about these peace, these were not peaceful times. In fact, they were actually crazy times. All three of those scriptures, when God says, I am the prince of peace, for example, uh, in Isaiah, he was speaking to Israel as the people of God were under his discipline. There was actually the Assyrians that were invading at that very moment while he says, for unto us a child is born. And the government, and as, he's pre, as he gives that little portion, in fact, what was happening at the very time was absolute chaos. Could you imagine being invaded by another nation? That's not very peaceful. And, well, anyway. The other one, you think about it in Luke, when we read that scripture, uh, speaking as the angels declare, while God's people, peace on earth. Do you know what was happening at that time? There was a baby being born in a feeding trough. Now, how many of you ladies would love to have your baby in a feeding trough? Is that very peaceful? Uh, Lindsay, if you're you know, going to give birth, and your, your choice to have a child, very peaceful, right, would be, you know, I would like to be in a cave, you know, with a bunch of dirty animals, uh, you know, disease-infested, whatever, and have a child. Does that sound very peaceful to you? 
I don't know, maybe uh, I'm spitballing here, but that does not seem like that would be peace on earth for a family. Uh, or, Or the final one, when Paul says, is he talking to the Philippian church? He's actually in prison. He is saying, do not be anxious about anything, and he's sitting in prison. Now, I don't know about you, but there weren't like really good prisons back then. Their prisons were like uh, a little bit more sketchy. Like literally you uh, did not get fed unless somebody brought you food. Uh, they, did, they kind of just didn't really care about you. You better pray to God that somebody was coming to help you. You had family members. Imagine you don't know you're going to get a meal tomorrow. I, I don't know. That's pretty peaceful. That seems okay to me. How do you think? Yeah, well, well. God declares these things in a time when it's not actually peaceful. But Isaiah says, He shall be called the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his governments and of his peace there will be no end. The angels triumphant, they trumpet God to glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among whom, those whom he is pleased. And if he is peace, he has brought us peace. But let me ask you a, a question. If he has brought us peace, then why don't we have peace? And I'll tell you why. Because he has given us peace. He is the prince of peace. He is a king of peace. That's what he declares. He is this thing that we know that he has. It's what he encompasses. He's glorious in this sense because the one that I said spoke into darkness can create light, can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever imagine. We know that. We have that in our hand. We know what we have received. So we heard the good news of, hey, born on this day, a Savior. And we've received that. But we, fight, we face an enemy, and the enemy wasn't, doesn't do this. He doesn't try to get you to not believe that this is peace. He does not try to get you to believe that this does not work. We all know that. This is what he does. The enemy's sole purpose is to say this. You know what? Yeah, you can, you can believe that God is peace. You can believe that this is what God does. But you know what you need? You need to look really good. So, yeah, thank you. Wait, wait, wait no, no, just wait. And you know what? You probably need to get some good grades. Can I have some good grades? Thank you. Uh, I'll get some there. Uh, can, I also need to get some good SAT scores. Thank you. And uh, I probably need a good college. So let's get a good college. Thank you. Um, and, and, you know, and as I get there, I'll, you know what? I'm going to go to school. So I need to have a house or a place to stay. What do I want to dress like? Maybe I should make it look more modern or classical. Maybe I should make it classic looking. Yeah, classic. But then you know what happened goes along? All of a sudden, as you're going to college, you meet someone. Oh, baby. And she's pretty good looking. So now I got to start going on dates. And I start to going into dates. And, and then I'm trying to, you know, fight, figure out what she likes. And maybe, well, we'll just slow down. Come on, come on. And then, you know, I got to, okay, now she's getting really interested in me. Maybe this is looking towards marriage. So now as we go into marriage, I start taking more. Oh, I got to meet the family. And the family comes out. And then they start to, you know, uh, enjoy uh, the meals that they do. And then there's Christmas time. And now I got to go to her family, my family. And we got to go to my friends. We're meeting new friends. We got to do that. And then, whoa, oh, my word kids come along because we got married oh and uh and and you know and then what happened there's got to be more kids in there come on like i want another kid can we maybe have some more kids no okay well and then you know what that happens they go to school and then we got to think private school do we go public school maybe what are the kids doing these days maybe they they're on facebook gotta check out facebook because that's what they're doing or maybe maybe they're in snapchat what, what is snapchat anyway i don't know where and then finally all of a sudden it's you know, okay whoa whoa, whoa. 
And all of a sudden you realize it's not that you intentionally don't know that God is peace, but somehow you've lost him in the midst of everything. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Come here. Give these guys a round of applause. Like, get it, man. Come on. Can you guys help me just too quick to clean this up? Because otherwise it'll be a really... Oh, no, they're leaving. Okay, well. Okay. At no point in any of this did we say God is a waste of time. But how do we suddenly lose the Prince of Peace? And yet that's exactly what happens on a day-in, day-out situation. Is the secret to ditch these things. Stop doing this. Uh, if you want peace, maybe you just got to clear your schedule, get some time. You know, I, if you really want to get close, you know, get some time with the Lord, what you need to do is ditch your kids. That's what you need. That's what he just said. You know, that's the way to get closer. To, just, you know, get, you want your prince of peace? Just stop doing the kid thing. Because, man, that'll solve your problem right there. Amen, parents? Anyone said that? No? No? That's not an option, is it? <laughs> Why would you get rid of them? Look at, they're such a help. I mean, I tell you, these guys are amazing. Can I confess something to you? Because that's the thing. Ditch the pressures. Ditch the anxiety. Ditch it. Well, can I confess to you this week? I really did not want to preach today. No, I did not want to preach. Um, I'll explain to you. Really simple. Um, When we were... This week was very crazy. Um, it started out that uh, I've been coaching basketball because I love to be with my son and I love blessing the King School. So this week I said, hey, let's do this. Let's, you know, we're going to bless them. And you know what? They scheduled a basketball tournament this weekend. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, I'm out there coaching and trying to help out with these kids, going, okay, this is good. And it's very frustrating because, man, we're getting killed. So I'm like, why am I? Well, this is just not fun. This is really, what am I doing? Well, then you know what happened is we were talking about our house group, how we'd like to bless the poor. So what we did as a house group, I love my house group by you guys. You're amazing. I absolutely love you because as a community, we said, it's not, Christmas is about helping others. So as a house group, we went to Bethlehem Aboriginal Fellowship, again, helped the inner city. We did, a, we did a banquet for 50 people. So then, you know what happened? Friday, Friday, my wife and I cutting and peeling potatoes, 35 pounds of potatoes and carrots and then boiling onions and doing, oh, meanwhile, going to harvest, harvest to grab the food and doing, it's amazing. But I'm like, okay. So that Saturday, after I do the basketball tra- tournament, I have to go and feed, and then do all the, and we do the cleanup, and then also, oh, preach today, and not to mention tonight we have carols by candlelight. <laughs> and you're going to pe- preach about peace. And this is what the Lord said: Do you want to live it? Do you want to live it? That's the question. That became the, the, the heart cry this whole week, saying, I don't want to preach it. I need it. I want to live it. I want this reality. Because what is happening is, in, I, is ditching it the issue, is ditching it the way to solve it. That's what our world is doing. Our world will say, you know what, let's not commit to nothing. Let's not do anything. But it was such a joy to be able to feed the poor. It was such a joy to be able to minister to kids and doing basketball. I have so many parents going, thank you for doing that. 
But my question is, ditching those things is not the answer to peace. My answer to peace is who is the one that gives me peace? Who is the source of peace? A key habit I've noticed to successful people repeatedly is that they are ruthless in managing what they pay attention to. Look what I dropped in the midst of all of the stuff. You see, even in the midst of cultural turmoil, babies born in mangers or stuck in prison, we might just have a busy weekend and yet we still can have peace. Because what we don't want to do, this is something that we're wrestling through. We, we don't want to lose our chief goal in life. And that is knowing the Prince of Peace. And the thing is, we do. We do know he's the Prince of Peace. But it's living it. You know what the truth is? The world is totally unimpressed that we know the Prince of Peace, but we live a life of stress. And that's what I'm trying to say. If we're even to be the light of the world, what are we communicating to this world? That in the midst of everything, you can have peace. Because you know what the world, the world's giving tons of other advice how to deal with peace. So how do we receive this peace? That's the question. That's what I want to get to. I love it because I want to get practical. I know he's there, but God, give it to me. Give it to me. So here, let's be very practical. How do you receive peace? Well, that's why we go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 is so practical. It's like, God, you're going to give the antidote for Christmas. You're going to tell us how this baby came to give us peace gave us peace on earth, but how are we going to live it? And in fact, Val, you were praying that, and you said it's so neat because God did something, but what do we have to do? Remember you praying that in there? I was giggling like a little schoolgirl. I was like, she doesn't even know what she's praying in there. She's praying in there because we're praying about the service that it becomes, God, what are you saying to us that we live this? So let's go with it. Here's what it is. The first one that Paul says to the church, he says, do not be anxious about anything. Do you know what the Greek word for anything is? Thank you, Amber. You Bible scholar. Woo! It means anything. (laughs) Very simple. It's a command, actually. It's a command. We are not obligated to freak out about anything, basically. You're not supposed to carry anything but your cross. And because it's, it's the anxiety that's actually stealing away our peace, Jesus actually puts anxiety as one of the greatest things that take us away from God. It's one of the enemy's greatest strategies in derailing us from seeking God's kingdom. Right now, anxiety is the thing that the enemy's trying to push on us because what it will do is it will actually totally thwart your faith, your relationship with God. And we don't even recognize it because our culture and our world is so swallowed up with it. And I'll give you an example. Why would this be one of the greatest strategies? The parable of the soils. Jesus said, God was sowing seed. It was the word of God and it fell on certain soil. And what that soil was the word of his word. But we know that, notice that one of, the soil, one of the seeds fell on a soil with thorns. And it choked out the word. And the disciples were like, what is that? What, are you ta- what was this thing you're talking about? The thorns that, that choked it out? What are you talking about? Put down peace for a second. We're going to get 
No, keep peace. Okay, we'll keep peace. Kevin's like, don't get, don't get rid of your peace. Good call. So what happens is this. Why not have the thorn? What's the thorns? And Jesus, he actually tells his disciples what it is. The cares and the concerns of this word, world choke out the word. The word. The way that he actually kills the word of God in us is he starts getting you concerned and anxious about the things. And it chokes the very spoken word of God. You see, anxiety can be, it's, it's, it's a killer. In fact, anxiety can lead us to other sins. Let me explain this. Anxiety of grades can lead to dishonesty. There was a study by Rutgers uh, that did a study on 32 universities in the States. And they found out that after the 30, these 32 universities, they found out that currently 74% of business students and 68 of all other students admitted to cheating. Now, I found it very interesting. I thought this ago, why business students? Like, why is it higher in the business than in all other? I thought, well, maybe, maybe the business guys just have to be so honest. Yeah, I'm cheating. And, you know, I've got to get ahead. That's weird. Or maybe, maybe it got mixed up that, you know, the philosophers would have been, you know, philosophy students would have said, what is cheating? Who is cheating? <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of like, why this one higher than the other one? I have no idea. Like, business people? You're the ones that... What, what shocked me, though, was more the question... Why is there such a high percentage of students willing to risk their future and their career? Anxiety about grades. Fear. Well, what other things? Worrying about finances, well, that can cause us to be cruel to our spouse or to pull out of missions. Worry about meeting people. Did you know when you worry about meeting people, you could lower your standards about people and what you will do and how you'll act and how you'll interact with them. Anxiety and fear, how they'll respond to you, makes it so that you become a totally different person. Ever happened that to you? Worry about being liked could make you to embellish stories. Never happened to anyone else? Anxiety can lure us actually to escape an addiction. And if anxiety can't, isn't figured out, it's right now actually one of the leading causes of people for heart attack, depression, and stress is this thing that is actually plaguing our culture. Have you ever had anxiety steal sleep? Did you know the top-selling drug right now is called Abilify and Nexum? In North America, those are the two top drugs that are being sold. Do you know what those two top drugs are? What do you think? Antidepressants and antacids. Antacids. You know, for you when you get an ulcer and stuff like that because you're getting all stressed out. Here, it's interesting. The Christian life is meant to be marked by peace. In Luke 12, Jesus saying, Don't be anxious. Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about anything. The liberty that Jesus brings is not just freedom from condemnation, but also from anxiety. It's interesting that I'm saying being marked, it becomes a character trait of Christians. Uh, there was a book that, I, that it's called The City and Bishops of Phrygia. You've all read it, right? City and book? Okay, never mind. Never mind. Anyway, 
This book was actually a document of a, of a city called Phrygia in the Roman Empire. And during, in that time, it had a list of people in it. And what was interesting, they were going through and they were reading, because it was just about people and their names and stuff like that. But this one character, which is very indicative of the people of the time and of Christians. It talks about a guy, it was one guy named Titidus and Nimerus. His first name was Titidus, but it's his last name that was interesting. And they figured out he was a Christian. Why? Because when you, they became a Christian, back in the New Testament, they used to get their name changed a lot. They would get a baptism name. Saul going to Paul. They figured that Paul probably, when he, after he had received whatever, then he, they said, well, you should change your name. Barnabas, his name was changed. Well, this is why they pretty much figured that this guy was a Christian, because Animorous, his last name, A, is an, it's, it's, an, it's a canceller, like atheist. No, no longer believe in God, no God. Animus, or Anna, I want to make sure I get his name right. Uh, Anna you got it, anyway. Here, Anna does this. Anna the A cancels out the blah, blah, blah. And the blah, blah, blah is worry. So this is what his name was, Titidus, who do no longer worries, or no worry. The guy who used to worry all the time is now has no worries. That's his name. Wouldn't that be amazing that people said, oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's Harold. Well, Harold never worries. I'm going to pick on him. And Kevin, oh, yeah, this is Kevin. He no worry. And imagine you guys, man, you know Kevin, he's a worry man. He's a worry, worry guy. No, he's no longer that. He's marked. He's been changed. An administrator who doesn't worry? <gasps> That's amazing. That would be a miracle. No, just joking, Kevin. Anyway, here we go. Keep going. You see, this is what I think that we need to see about. Do not be anxious about anything. But how? This is where he goes the next thing. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God in everything. This part of the scripture is this. It's actually in a passive tense. The first part is a command. Do not be anxious. Now this one says, by everything, it's passive. We handle, basically it's saying this, let your stress be known, or let the things that you need to have done be known. This is, just let them out. With all prayers, just in everything, pray. Just let it out. The idea is this, it's kind of like, how many of you know that stress is like a beach ball, and if you ever try to put a beach ball underneath the water, what happens naturally? It pops up, it rises. He says, he's basically saying, in everything, let it be known. It's kind of like, you know what's going to happen is, in everything, it's gonna, your stress is going to rise to the surface anyway, but what are you going to do about it? What do you do when the stuff just comes up? And pops up. Pray. You pray. In everything, when the things are, as it pops up, he says you get a culture of, I just pray. And I like this because we handle, how many of you handle stress like this? Let's push it down. Let's just keep pushing that beach ball down. Let's push that under down because that's what it means to have peace, right? It's meaning like there's something and you're kind of feeling like, whoa, this thing's going to explode. Ever have those? You ever have pe- meet people like that? That's not what Scripture's saying. 
It's saying in everything, it's arising, let that up. It, it changes actually how you pray and how you're thinking. Let them be known. It's, it's becoming ridiculously truthful. I am tired of trying to make prayers that are these nice and flowery prayers that sound so good, like, God, you're so magnificent and amazing. Because I found that I prayed like that, but you know what? Sometimes I woke up in the morning, I don't feel like praying today. Uh, You know what? I'm kind of struggling of just, it's been a crazy week. Oh, blessed be the Lord and my soul that calls out. I was like, no, I don't feel that way. It's, this is the thing that what happens is when we say, God, I'm, gonna let, I'm just going to come to you in truth and let it rise. Guess what happens? But I'm going to pray like that. It changes everything. It changes how we actually interact as the church. How are you doing today? I'm actually not doing very well. Do not be anxious about it, but in everything, even those things that are coming up, let's pray. Let's let them surface. Don't try to bottle them down. Don't add to the stress. Let's let that thing come up because you know what happens when we do that? And I'll tell you, my prayers have been gotten radically different last couple years. In fact, uh, there was a movie that was called Madness. It was a really weird movie. Was, I saw this when I was in, in high school. And it was a really weird thing. It was a, we were kind of talking about the brain, and it was in science class. And it's a really weird movie about how this guy in the 1800s, he was working on the railroad, and a, a, an accident happened, and a spike went through his head. And it pierced his brain, but he still lived. But the weird part, this is why all the psychologists were so amazed by this, is he was still alive, but his brain was affected that he could not control any of his emotions. So he healed, and he tried to, you know, go back to work, but he, he was like almost a, like they couldn't handle him because one of me would be like, oh, Aaron, you're so beautiful. And like, why are you looking at me like that? I hate it when you're like that. Why are you going after me? And he'd be like, oh, but, you know, maybe, oh, maybe why? I'm so sad. Like, why are you hating me? This is terrible. He would do that. He was this really weird guy because he would let all, he couldn't, he couldn't inhibit his emotions anymore, his soul. He just let it out. I kind of pray like that now. I kind of pray like a weird guy that just lets everything to God. Because that's what he loves. When he says, you want a prince of peace, I want you to let in everything. And so I just, no, it's not like I'm going to publish a book on my prayers. It's not like, but you know what I love? I learned this from a hearing God. We started doing these hearing God seminars, and it's just talk to God. And I started to write out, Really unfettered thoughts between me and Jesus. And then what happened, Aaron, which was amazing, this different kind of prayer, I started to process with God and change thoughts because I would say, God, I'm really nervous about preaching tomorrow. God, I'm really nervous. And then he'd say, like, God, I don't know if I need to be. Why are you anxious? And then he'd have a dialogue back to me and say, well, because are you worried that my glory won't be shown? And then he'd, I'd be like, actually, no, I'm worried that I'll look stupid. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's your problem. So your identity is based on what other people think. Uh, it started to change how I... Th- so that even as I'm preaching today, it's like, I love you guys. But do you know how a, how a pain it would be to have a pastor up here who's fretting about trying to please 
the congregation. And anxious. Oh, but I had a busy week. He's like, just give it to me. Give it to me. It only comes when you get really honest and really real. So that's what I'm doing. And it's more than just making requests. It's the idea that God can do something about it. That when we come to him like that, when we come with to him and say, I'm just going to start being really real. Do you know what it changes? It changes our prayer summits, actually. It changes why we pray once a month. That prayer that we're doing at the end of the year, I want to change that, to be honest, because I'd like us where we go, God, we want to see some cool miracles happening in our church. Because I'm kind of frustrated with some of the things happening. I love if we actually, in our small groups, are praying like that. But it's, you know, that's, a, that's an extra. We'll go there. You see, this is why God wants to. He can do something about First Peter 5, 7 says, Cast your worries on him, for he cares about you. It's, again, a command. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your cares on him, because he's strong enough. In fact, George Mueller... George Mueller would say this. People said, George, how do you run an orphanage on nothing? And how do you get all this stuff? And he says, because I take all of these kids that I have to feed and I roll it on to God. And this is a quote from George Mueller. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Well, let's go to the last part, because this is the, the, the key for it. Because, yes, I have to remember that do not be anxious in anything, but through you know, prayer and supplication, give everything. Well, then the last thing is, says this. This is what Paul says. But think about these things, whatever is. Do not be anything, everything, and whatever is. Well, this is why I saw a T-shirt that read, Don't believe everything you think. Now, I don't often say you should base your life perspectives on a t-shirt, but this one is actually really good. I would get a t-shirt like this and wear it because the psalmist does this. The psalmist says, why so downcast, O my soul, put your hope in God? The psalmist is preaching to himself. He's saying, why are you thinking that way? Don't believe everything you think is what he's trying to get at. So Luke, or Paul starts saying this. He goes, whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's any worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about what would be lovely. Think about what would be true. Think about whatever is commendable. What, what would be the best commendable way to respond? And this one I got convicted about. I'm about preaching this. And then I thought, man, this is challenging. Think about this. Well, ever, what is commendable when you're driving in Winnipeg? Thank you for that pothole. Thank you for my shocks. Thank you for my... Uh, well, thank you for the guy who cut me off. Thank you for... Well, you know what even made it better? I was at a tournament at basketball. I've never realized how competitive I get and how I'm like... Think of whatever's commendable. This is where it gets the challenge because it's like, God... Now, it is possible... 
It is absolutely possible. Because my friend, in fact, uh, I, I love it. There was two examples, that would, but this one I love is that my friend is dealing with cancer. And I thought she's going to be pretty down because she's just been going after treatment after treatment. And so when I was going to talk to her, I thought, well, she's going to be pretty low. And, and all of a sudden, she's really upbeat, kind of like Lucy, Lucy Johnson. She's battling sickness and knows she could die. And how do you stay happy? How do you keep this peace? Well, what happened is she, she was happy and it didn't make sense, but she said this. She goes, actually, this is what happened. I was reading a story about a chaplain that was dealing with a brain tumor. And he shared how knowing that he was going to be, that how he was going to die, it actually filled his life with so much meaning and so much purpose. And all his relationships now became conversations that changed. He, he knew that he had short and he wanted to relish every moment. And my friend said this, I got so inspired I wanted to live like that. Suddenly her thought process was different. I want to think of what is commendable. The precious time that we take for granted every day when we wake up and we smell and breathe and drink our coffee, this person now gets to savor every moment. I want to live like that, she said. In the illness and the threat of death, she sets her mind on the most beautiful way to respond. Set your mind on things above. It's, un- it's unbelievable, but it's deeply biblical. I cast off anxiety, so I take my mind and take what is true and what is honorable and what is just, and I think about those things. I think about the good that people are, or that God loves them, and that he never gives up on them. He never gives up on me. He's always working on my behalf. He's so faithful. He's so just. He's good. He's incredible. He does. And I just start going down that road, and it gets pretty exciting. It's, but the issue is this. It's not just about reading the Word of God but practice these things. Live this. And then the God of peace will be with you. You see, at the end of the cha- that verse, if you do these, God now has permission to be the Prince of Peace in your life. You think that he'll invade us with his peace unless we ask him, unless we're praying, unless we're cha- and willing to change our thought process, unless we're willing to actually allow him to do the change in our lives? When we do that, do not be anxious about anything. And as we pray and give thanks in everything, as we dwell our thoughts on whatever whatever is of good, we get him. The God of peace will be with you. Now, this is the last thought that I want to give you because you guys have been amazing. If you're struggling with anxiety, struggling, wondering where God is and the peace at Christmas, I heard this interesting story of a father who came to, uh, to his young three-year-old daughter and he said, Daddy would love to pick you up tonight. Can I pick you up? And the weird thing was the daughter turned to Daddy and said, No, Daddy, I'm too heavy. I'm too heavy. Daddy just kind of looked like, really? Where did you get that thought? 
And he just reached down, picked her up, looked her at her straight in the eye and said, not for me. Not for me. Let me, just allow me to pick you up. And then you'd experience the peace that passes all understanding. The prince of peace in the midst of crazy chaos. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for, God, your just amazing truths this morning. And Father, I thank you that we want to live and receive to change us. I want to pray that you would change us to pray like we need you. Lord, I want to ask that you would help us to not be anxious, but by prayer and supplication, let our requests be made known to you. Lord, I want to change, I want to ask you to do a miracle and set our brains and actually give us a new pattern of thought, because I believe you can do that. How are we looking at circumstances and situations, loved ones, lost ones, whatever, that my God can do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever imagine. And I want to lift up to you these prayers. I want to pray that God teach us how to pray this, this year. Everywhere, anything, may they be unfeathered. May they just be completely real. May you teach us how to pray like we don't have all the answers. And may we teach us just how to become so vulnerable that we let you pick us up on a daily basis. We thank you that you can do that. In your name we pray. Amen.